Hey everyone, welcome to our end of the year Google Chrome and Managed Browser Update, produced of course by the Tab Geeks Network. My name is Jesse Nolan, as you all know. My co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you stay up to date on all things Google Workspace and, in this case, Google Chrome. It's my pleasure to introduce Alex Bauer, a Google Chrome wizard over at Google. Alex, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you guys again. Here. Yeah, likewise. It's been a while. Uh, just a couple of months. A little bit, a little bit. Our last our last show was in April for this uh, Chrome update. I do apologize for that. We had hoped to do these quarterly, but uh, life kind of got in the way and we missed them. Hopefully in the new year, we'll be able to keep a, uh, a more of a regular schedule on this, do a quarterly update and, uh, and have these updates coming to you. Steve, nice and appropriate Chrome Dino over your shoulder there. Love the new edition. I know. I, know. I, th- I thought I had showed this to you before, like a while back, but I just, it's, you know, didn't have a good way to present it. I mean, it's right now it's standing on top of, you know, two Hibiki boxes right now. So it's, you know, just made it work. I just had to make something work for today. I thought it was a special occasion. You know? Hey, nothing wrong with that. Hibiki yeah. boxes are very elegant. Looks nice. Yeah. Black with a little red tab on it. I like it. I like it. For those who are not uh, watching this on YouTube, go and check it out over on YouTube and hit the subscribe button so that you can find all our videos there. But uh, usually, Steve just has his little two little Android guys over his shoulder, and now he's got the the world famous Chrome Dino on there. So, all right. Um, we've got, oh, I don't know, about 3,000 topics to discuss today because we haven't <clears> said anything since April. So um, where where do you guys want to start? I mean, normally we would go through and talk about the different topics that are going on, but we figured uh, for this show we can just kind of jump in and get going. I've personally found that when you wind up Alex and just let him go, it's best that I just sit back and relax. And an hour and a half later, he'll come up for air and we'll uh, we'll have a show. So let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I know we, we ended up talking a lot last time. We went way, way, <laughs> way overboard. Hopefully today we'll stay somewhere with, with, within the boundaries. Um, I will say that the Chrome Dinos, every time we do any sort of uh, marketing events, those things fly off like hotcakes. Like people fight oh, yeah. for them. Yeah, and we've yeah. actually had people steal them off of our tables. I bet. I, I know some people that went to some Google events and... Things that were, I think, supposed to be for the display table, they made it into their backpacks. I've I've heard, but uh, yes. If, uh, yeah, if you're, li- if you're listening, folks, you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, people, yeah, we, it's fun times. I've got one on my uh, on my laptop here. It's eating into the apple. Unfortunately, I need a mirror one so it can actually be taking a bite of the apple. A, a mirror reversed one, but uh, I think that y'all should work with Funko and get a uh, Chrome Dino oh, Funko Pop great. guy. Would yeah. that be awesome? Yeah, it would be, it would be kind of fun. All right. I'll trade you the idea <clears throat> for giving me one for free. <laughs> <laughs> at, at some point, yes. We'll um, get on that. <laughs> for sure. All right. Let's uh, spin the wheel and pick a topic, any topic. Where do you want to start? Um, I mean, let's kind of go through the list. I kind of moved a couple of things here and there. Um, but uh, so one of the things that we've recently changed or we're working on right now, uh, I might have mentioned it last time, but as you kind of said, life got in the way or priorities and so forth and things got shifted. We're finishing up our DM token removal functionality. Uh, we hear this very often from customers that, hey, I enrolled this browser and I unenrolled it because I was testing back and forth. And now I can't re-enroll it because... It doesn't work. And it's usually we say, hey, have you played your DM token? And they're like, oh, crap. 
So then they go and delete it and then it re-enrolls, right? So we're automating that process of that DM token deletion as part of the Chrome Browser Cloud Management and enrollment. Um, I, I guess for the listeners, uh, this is probably a lot more intensive in coverage of Chrome Browser Cloud Management. That is a key uh, focus point for us from the Chrome Enterprise team uh, because uh, that uh, we believe that that's a much better way to uh, uh, approach Chrome Management. So that's why we're talking a lot about that specifically. So yeah, we're making the DM token removal automated where if you have an enrolled browser from the console, that thing gets deleted automatically. And then if you have an enrollment token present, it'll just re-enroll. And if it doesn't, then it'll just be off the, the admin console. And that does go hand in hand with the inactive browser deletion policy, which allows you to um, <clears throat> get rid of browsers that have been put in, you know, machines that have been put in a, in a cabinet or closet, forgotten about for about six months and then um, not doing anything, right? Because that usually happens quite often. So uh, there's that. Uh, let me see what else have been going on. We have a lot of stuff. <laughs> Just realizing <laughs> <laughs> it's an overwhelming lot of changes. Uh, yeah, extensive, extensive focus into our console. Um, another thing that we're doing, that we're releasing, is the concept of Chrome Insights Report. This has come out, I think, for Chrome OS, and we're expanding the, that functionality for Chrome Browser. We'll give you some insights, such as like how many browsers you enrolled, how many browsers need attention, and and so forth. And so that's something that we uh, we're coming up with. Uh, it's currently in close to release. A lot of these things that we're talking about are somewhat close to release. <clears throat> uh, well, legacy. What is, what is that going what, to cover? I'm sorry. What is that going to cover the insights report? Uh, the insights report, I kind of I just mentioned it, right? So it's going to be newly enrolled browsers or browsers that need attention and browsers that are uh, pending an update. Mm-hmm. Is I think the, the the startup that we're kind of working on for insights. I know that they're trying to add more later on, but that's kind of the start right now. I'm trying to see where it is in our um, in our admin console, so I can kind of go through it as as we kind of talk to. Yeah, so that's kind of some of the things that were uh, from Chrome Browser specifically that we're adding. Yeah, browsers that have been signed, uh, uh, browsers that need attention, which would be something like uh, how many browsers have not checked in in the last 28 days, browsers that have a pending update, and then also notifies you of browsers that have recently enrolled in the console. So that's kind of the, the start of that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm seeing that now <clears throat> in my, my console, so... It's definitely out there. Uh, do you see it for Chrome OS, or do you see the tab for Chrome Browser? I don't know if it came out, or maybe it's uh, softer rolling out, or maybe you're in a special question. TT. I followed the instructions in terms of going to Devices, Chrome, Reports, Insight Report, and then... Do you have a Chrome Browser tab? Chrome Browser, let's see. I have Devices That Need Attention, I have all those. Devices Fleet Hardware Report. Yeah, see. Devices list. Yeah, okay. So there's some. It's getting enhanced to include the Chrome browser itself, not just the devices. And I can can share this for you so you can actually see this, what it looks like for now. So uh, take everything I'm sharing, if I'm sharing my screen with a grain of salt, if uh, anything could be be changed at any moment. Yeah. But this is kind of what it looks like at the the moment for us in our our beta console. Uh, right. Okay. So you got that extra tab there. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, right yeah. now I just have a, a, a no tab version. 
Yeah. That relates to Chrome OS. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that we have uh, is our legacy tech report. Um, this has been kind of. What's going to be this more is important? Kinda, a lot of changes coming with with the Windows, right? Stuff. Yeah, this has kind of come up as part of our conversations with customers when we're kind of ready to break the world with various new uh, policies <laughs> or new function, new changes. Break the world, um, I love it. Break the uh, world, I love it. And, and we, we tell our customers extensively, like, hey, this, this change is coming out. Please be aware of it and so forth. It's Yeah. People forget about it. And so what this report is, it, it's it's kind of like a, like a preview of how much hurt you're going to be in. Uh, in a way, uh, like for example, we're deprecating some sort of. Uh, let me see if I can look in in our roadmap. Uh, if it kind of yeah. So for example, TLS yeah, one nice to like see how much how much user pain is going to be inflicted upon yeah. your end users when this chain com- change comes yeah. out, right? <laughs> so the idea is to proactively identify either websites that are using a certain technology or or devices that are impact. So as an example of kind of what we were um, we were looking into is. Is let's say TLS 1.1 is getting deprecated, right? And, or it was deprecated 1.5, yeah. right? Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool for us to kind of track whatever websites use TLS 1.1 and make a, a list of that and then present it to you as a report uh, as part of that TLS 1.1 uh, deprecation in part of the in the legacy tech report. So that's kind of the, the idea, right? Uh, we're not capturing what the users are doing, but if they're navigating on any site that's using legacy, we can then identify those and, and notify you, and then. Hopefully you're a proactive administrator and you look at their report and you're like, oh crap, okay, I need to get these updated as ASAP so I'm not impacted or I need to hold my browsers on a certain older version. Hopefully you're on the first type of approach and not the second approach. Um, but you know, uh, that's kind of the idea behind that. Or like same site cookie deprecation that we had for some policies on that, right? Um, so things like that. Where are we going to be able to find this report? Uh, it's going to be somewhere in the admin console at the moment. I don't know exactly where it's okay. tagged to be in trusted tester, uh, very shortly, but I haven't seen, um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's Houdini for now. It hasn't shown up to their console <laughs> and I, I don't know fully where it is. <clears throat> so there's that. Um, one of the things we've, we've heard from customers uh, extensively in our admin console was the fact that we had very narrow limits on our JSON exports for browser details and things like that. And so we have extensively bumped that limit now from, let me see if I can, we had a, uh, uh, I forget what the lower limit is, but we bumped it to 150,000 entries for the pagination limit, which is, I think, a magnitude of like 10 to 20 or 30 or something like that, the amount of limit, how much is grown from. I think it used to be like 5,000 or something like that. So for some major customers that are like yeah. over that, that limit, um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, well, not not related to the, uh, like the JSON data, but there was, <clears throat> there was another limit that I had... Uh, seen early on in the Chrome yeah, browser manager. That. I think I talked. Yeah, I think I, we talked about this last time, right? Like I had more than twenty Chrome profiles, you know, on my device, and they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't didn't expect anyone to have more than twenty Chrome profiles on their device." Yeah, 
<laughs> like whatever. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, I think I opened up a feature request for you. I, don't, I haven't looked into how yeah, far I, it's I haven't checked yet, to see if that got changed. I haven't uh, validated that, but they did but say they're going to increase it. Yeah. It's in our list. It's, it's definitely in our pipeline for sure. Yeah. Um, next thing on our list is the guides and sign up flow. Uh, so if you pay attention in the admin console, I can actually share my screen so you can share this to some of your view viewers and not your um, uh, listeners. listeners. You should definitely watch the webcast because it's better. But if you're on their own, <laughs> I understand. Uh, so what now what you'll see if you go into the admin console uh, and go to devices, there is now under Chrome a guide section. This guide yeah. section has a Chrome OS specific workflow or in the Chrome browser workflow. And it walks you through all the steps you need to do to set up Chrome Browser Cloud Management. Verify your domain. If you haven't verified your domain in the console, set up your OU structure. It talks about some best practices. Enroll the browsers. Enable the reporting so they don't look like empty records in the console and so forth. So this is version one of our guides. Version two, I know they're working already on improvements to this where they want to make it where it keeps track of where you are in the process. And Very it's nice. also, they want to make it also dynamic. Hey, are you enrolling to use Chrome Browser Management or Chrome OS? Cool, you're doing Chrome Browser Management? I'm not going to show you the Chrome OS stuff because you don't care about it, right? So to, to be more or smarter and more dynamic or uh, from that perspective. Awesome. <clears throat> Additionally, if, if any of y'all listeners and viewers have signed up to for Chrome Browser Cloud Management recently, you might have seen that the sign-up workflow is significantly easier. Uh, and for anyone that wants to try it out, um, try out our sign-up workflow. It's really nice. You literally set up, a, put in an email address, and tell and complete a couple of things like how big is your company, who's your company. Press submit. You get an email. Click on the link to confirm the email. Set up a password, and you bam, you're in the console. And then from there, you can proceed to verify your domain if you want to. I always tell my customers to verify their domain because they gain a lot more functionality. But you can literally set up browser management in a couple of minutes now instead of what it was before. It's a little Excellent. more robust too, for instead of like when it comes to like uh, conflicts for certain current consoles and so forth. And that also brings the conversation around. We have the concept of flex orgs. I don't know if you ever talked to or covered that in the past, in the in any of your. Um, previous episodes. So if you haven't verified your domain as a uh, customer, you can set up actual multiple consoles for the same domain uh, without validate, val validating the, the domain. So if you want to do like a workspace trial, you can do that. The challenge that that brings in that sometimes you can have Joe Schmo that works in a marketing department or whatever can set up a console and get access to various things, right? And if you do the domain verification and you verify the domain, you can now actually bring all those FlexOrgs into one umbrella and stop people from using FlexOrgs and setting up rogue consoles, whatever, if, you know. So that's why I also highly recommend you verify your domain because you don't want, um, you know, Josh Moore from accounting to set up an admin console uh, uh, for your domain. Uh, you want to, as the IT admin, you want to own it and manage it and get the right access to people that need it instead of the other way around. I love how your voice got super quiet there, like you were telling us some top secret hack. Yes, for <laughs> how sure. How to prevent Joe Schmo <clears throat> from setting up a workspace account. Uh, Verify domains. 
by flex you're referring to the um the google workspace non uh email product yes exactly so you can okay. do like a flex org to get workspace or drive or whatever any of the trials or you know whatever it is but yeah right right okay awesome <clears throat> Yeah, I, I wasn't remembering the uh, the name there, so it's pretty yeah. cool. It's the other Flex, not Chrome OS Flex. Right, Flex that's what or... I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, we definitely recycled some names here and there. A little bit. Um, a little bit. We're Trying actually doing pretty good us. on our list, which is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. Since we're talking about this, I'm going to move one, one of the things around help articles, since we're talking about guides and so forth. Ooh. Um, I know, Steve, you wanted to talk about how we build all articles, right? Yeah, well, I think it was, it's really around, you know, not just how they're built, but also how they are modified, what's the process to, you know, you know, have those revisions um, get committed. Because, of course, you know, as we know, on those help articles, you know, as you hover over down the right-hand side, like every single line and section you can comment on it. You can give feedback mm-hmm. to Google on, right? So, which is really yeah. great because you can really target, you know, what you're commenting mm-hmm. on and, and what's maybe wrong with it, what needs improvement, <clears throat> and you know, what does that process look like? So, once we submit that feedback, once we create a ticket, whatever it is that we do, uh, what happens internally at Google uh, with those submissions, and you know, how does that get changed? Who changes it? Uh, how many different you know people does it need to go through? Those kind of things. Yeah. And that that actual line by line thing is recent. I think in the past six months they came out or something I, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, within yeah, exactly within the last year or so. I think. It's, yeah. It's been... Um. So a lot of the so a lot of the customer facing documentation is actually built by us, our customer engineers or the SMEs that work on various products. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you've ever seen any of the how to enroll into Chrome Browser Cloud Management for Jamf, Mozilla, or whatever it yeah. may be, Workspace One. I wrote all the all of the documentation. However, so we the way it works is we build these documents, these kind of drafts with uh, all these things that we want to put out in, on our support page, and then we open up a ticket internally. It goes into our um, documentation team, and our documentation team is uh, takes a look at it and and rewrites some of it if needed to make okay. sure that it's a in the correct language. Yeah. Uh, B, it's in the correct structure that they consider as part of Google standard. Uh, yeah. They will apply the correct, um, you know, icon- iconography, if I was, is that's okay. the right word, right? Yeah. Uh, the right arrows and things like that. Um, and then we go back so, and forth a few times. Yeah. And so that so that team there, you guys, you could say is, that's kind of like if you're looking at a jobs role, those are your technical writers. And I guess you'd yep, say that they're exactly. reviewing, they're, they're <clears> kind of the, the, the editors of technical documentation. Whereas, yep. you know, you as the engineer, you're creating that initial, um, the initial kind of flow and like, this is how it should be. And they're yep. kind of polishing it off and they're, the, the, they're finalizing everything. So that's kind of how exactly. that works. Okay, yeah. got so it. They, they do the, the final polish. So we go back and forth a few times and, and once we're good to go, they give us a public draft of what it looks like. We say, mm-hmm. yay, kind of like, you know, gladiator style, right? Yeah. Um, thumbs up. And now uh, once we give the thumbs up, they say, all right, it's, it's published. And then after that, they actually send it to various, I'm, I'm assuming, other teams that do all of the, uh, the uh, translation. So uh, okay. you, you're, you'll notice yeah. that Google is anti-images in their support documentation. And I've learned this and while being Why? here that... That's on well, purpose that's in a way. That's, yeah. Because pictures are hard to translate. 
and also for, for AR accessibility and so forth, right? Text Can't is localize easy it to, based on the domain they're going yeah. to. Yeah. But if you want to localize it, then you have to have access to the console or whatever to go and take 50 different pictures. Localized for each different language. Interesting. If you have the text only, then the text is easier. We've gone around, we've been able to accept a few pictures here and there where it's self-explanatory, but normally that's what I've learned is that it's a, it's it's a lot more because of we want to make sure that everyone's able to understand our documentation. Now, right, so I'm going to start a new blog series where I just take Google Help articles and put in screenshots on my own blogs, <laughs> and then I'll be the better um, U.S.-based, because we're in English, <laughs> blogs for Google support. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say that, um, wow, there's, I think I just, okay, sorry, I was, I, I just, my echo, I turned on my noise cancellation. Oh, you hit, I, I, you hit I heard, all of a sudden I hear weird, no, I had the non-pass through. Um uh -huh. Uh, but, um, yeah, where are we? Uh, yeah, pictures. Um, we've been able to get some pictures here and there, but some thoughts, you know, schools of thought are like, I, I'm personally on the same approach is that I learn better from pictures, right? So we're, we're yeah. trying to always negotiate that balance with our documentation team. Like, hey, we need more pictures here and there. But some well, people learn yeah, better I think, from text. I, I also, I, I mean, I, I do generally agree though with the picture uh, side of things because not including them uh just because that there's so many there's you know the the ui updates happen yeah, i think often so and it's tough to keep up to date with that whereas the text explanation often can remain more consistent longer you know in you know longer yeah even though the ui might change the way it looks um, you know, the the explanation of it is probably not going to change as as rapidly as the the, the UI. I think. You're spot on with that. That's one of the other things, right? If we we change our UI so many times since I've been here, and I'm thinking of even other products when I used to work at one of our uh, not competitors, another another company, right? In the past, their product changed so many times in the UI. Even I look yeah. down, and I'm like, wow, where is this stuff? So text, you can easily hey go change this line. Done, right? Pictures, oh, now I gotta go regenerate, make sure it's the right resolution and quality. Now I gotta go sign in and change my language 50 times. It's it's a various, it's a laborious process. I think it's worthwhile, personally. As somebody who learns directly from personally, looking at pictures, yes. I think that it's Google, like, come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's for sure, but yeah. It's always gonna be a, a process for us to work with them. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we're pushing them, so. But I agree with you, and I'm, I'm always pushing for that as well. <clears throat> Since we're talking about UIs, we can actually talk about that. Um, there's We're working on overhauling the, the UI of our, of our console extensively. This is uh, for Chrome OS, I guess, applicable as well. I don't know if you've seen this, but if not, I'm going to... Sorry, uh, listeners. So once again, you should watch this episode because <laughs> it's better than listening. But uh, the users and browser settings, I know that there's been a lot of feedback that that classic view, let me just switch to that. It can this be a little... This has been in beta forever. I know. A little overbearing, right? <laughs> and now they're putting the final touch-ups on this. Uh, it's it's a much cleaner UI. I also gave feedback around like where, how this is handled. But this is going to be overhauled even more a little bit once we bring the 
group-based, and we can talk about that later, uh, but group-based assignment of things, right? But uh, this is a lot cleaner, at least to digest what, what's what and where it's inherited and so forth. A lot of customers when I talk to, they're like, oh, I reset the setting. Uh, it's back to default. Uh, no, you're still applying it because it says locally applied. Now you can easily see this because people just never pay attention to the policy name. Right? <clears throat> and filter by platform by just seeing what's on and off. So that's our console UI. We also have a new overhaul for apps and extensions. I don't know if you've seen this one. There's the yeah, like uh, the the details one. So if I click on the uh, this one in here, if I click on an extension, you now have all the details in here. Um, so there's like permissions and so forth. Some of the stuff is unreleased, so don't. Uh, I'm gonna navigate away, but. Uh, <clears throat> Um, am I allowed to share this in the recording? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay. It was it's, quick. It's, it was quick. it's quick, yeah. Um, but yeah. Three second. The three second rule, right? <laughs> three second rule, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know how yeah, Jesse's like, oh crap. We got Alex again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, and Alex uh, dropping mine <laughs> mines left and right. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Uh, I like being in a position when the Google comms team hears, oh, you're hey. going to be on Google Workspace Recap? Yeah. Sure, no problem. I don't want that to change. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't but, want to piss anyone off over there. No, you're not pissing. Uh, you, you'll see this. Another thing that you'll probably see uh, soon coming out is the extension report, extension request. I, I think we talked about it last time. Uh, we're working on finalizing, this is another UI overhaul in a way, to bring in... Um, this has been overhauled, so if you click in here, now it actually takes you for the report. You can it tells you who's who's requested it, which browsers they are, and so forth, right? And you can set up a policy. But it looks a little cleaner, and it will also will show up your justification here as well. When once we have that feature polished up, so you'll be able to say, "Yes, I want Honey coupon clipping because I need to shop at work." So then your admin can say, "Just added that." No, you shall not. All right. <laughs> So. Actually, one of the one of the the, the previous uh, IT managers from Honey is part of Mac Admins, mm -hmm. and is over there. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, uh, he's probably works IT. for eBay or PayPal now, right? They, well, they he did. Yeah, right. Correct. They acquired <clears> him, <throat> and he worked for them for a while. But he's since moved on to another company, but has a lot of um, you know history from that transition between Honey and eBay. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. Um, cool. So, so let's go back to list. Meow, Meow the Cat Pet. Meow. I've just discovered this today, I learned. <laughs> it's in our <laughs> Thanks. report. Thanks to you. <laughs> well, it was on your about? screen that you shared. There's also Tabby Cat. Uh, if Tabby you're Cat? Going I'm not familiar with Tabby Cat. I don't know. It's, uh, some I feel of like our this test is very important information. <laughs> <laughs> some of our testers are bringing in various random extensions, such as Meow the Cat Pet. I mean, we can look at it to see what it is. <laughs> and view this in the store and this is a virtual cat pad that walks on your screen <laughs> oh my god this brings back memories right uh, not good ones um <laughs> also yeah back from windows you know 98 xp when yep. you were having yep the, yeah was it des you know, desktop toys the yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <clears throat> yes, so that's those. that's probably what you. Oh, yes, what I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> yes, those are various random extensions we add to our console. To actually, I use this console for all my demos for my customers. 
So we also want to show our customers that, hey, you might have some things that you probably don't want to have in a work environment. <laughs> so you want to block these, right? Um, yeah. That report, the absent extension report, I, what I, I jokingly call it Pandora's box on my call with customers. Yeah. Because oh, if you're be afraid. courageous enough not to block all extensions and do extension control, you're pretty much opening Pandora's box. And usually what InfoSec gets start, starts getting really twitchy once, once they start seeing this, right? Oh, we yeah. have this network. What? Block. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Cool. So we covered that. We're like halfway down our list almost. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, we're, good. <clears throat> so we're not gonna do three hours like last time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Well, we. I mean, I think we probably might do three hours in total, given that we. It took us an hour to get started. So. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, that's not my fault. That's close. Jesse's fault. But. <laughs> Uh, speak, yeah, this time was Jesse. It's usually me. It's usually me that's the late yeah. show. Me. I was having some technical <laughs> difficulties. I, uh, I I killed the process and it, it wreaked havoc. So sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, speaking of reporting and things like that, we recently launched the concept of connectors. I don't know if we talked about these, but customers are starting to really like these. Uh, we have three different connectors currently live. Splunk. CrowdStrike Falcon and Palo Alto, whatever they have, Cortex-60R or whatever. Um, so what you can do now is set up various browser events to be sent automatically from the admin console to your SIM tool, right? Um, there are some various technical requirements from that, such as your tool has to be externally accessible because it's going from our admin console, not from the device. But the setup itself is fairly simple. A couple of clicks and you're done. Um, and uh, what happens is, for example, a user navigates to a safe browsing site, that beautiful red screen that says, please don't go here, it's a hacked website, please don't go, and customers say, yes, I want to get hacked, I'm going to go here, right, please <laughs> hack me. Um, <clears throat> um, those events get tracked, or when they're downloading malicious content that can be you know, sent and, and audited and sent to, as a log. Um, we can also send out logs such as, uh, I mean, let's look in here, uh, set up, you know, um, I'll select it. There you go. So you can do malware transfer. Some of these depend on Beyond Corp Enterprise, but most of them are out of the box, work for free. Uh, so we're working on adding browser crash, um, password reuse, password has been changed, password is part of the data breach, sensitive data transfer, well, that's Beyond Corp Enterprise, right? Um, and so forth. And so it's quite extensive, right? Type yeah. of events that you can send out. Yeah, amazing. <clears throat> the other thing that we have in here is the connector that we're working on, for example, with Okta and Ping, uh, where we are going to it's going to be part of the zero trust behavior, where you can use the browser uh, as an additional data point as part of your uh, device trust um, decision whether you do MFA or not and so forth. So. A lot, a lot of effort into the whole security and connectors piece. You'll see even more stuff next year. Uh, Amazing. On that. That was easy. Um, now we're getting to some more hardcore um, uh, topics. I'm going to do this one because it's easy. Enhanced safe browsing. I know we've heard from a lot of customers that uh, they weren't able to see the, the option for enhanced safe browsing in the dropdown in the console. Yeah, it's that got added now. a while ago. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that a while yeah. ago. I noticed. I was yeah. adding, adding that to my list <clears throat> of you know settings that I saw in the console, and that got added. I, I thought it was a while ago. 
actually. Yeah. Probably in the, three, in three the months last, ago. Yeah, in the last few months. Yeah. I know that they're also trying to add a card in the console in the UX where it will show you new new policies and new things. Um, but this one's this one was really yeah. requested by a lot of customers, so it's there. Yeah. You know, that's actually a good point that you bring up there because I think, you know, not enough people know where to find out about the updates. You know, they don't know to go to look at, you know, the enterprise updates section and say, oh, there's new policies in the console and what are those? You know, you're, you're just going to the console and you're, that's what you're doing day to day. That's where you look. So mm-hmm. somehow being able to highlight those new values would be great. Yeah. If you can have it, you know, a banner up top or, you know, you highlight those new settings in the console for, you know, a month or two or something like that to say, hey, this is a new one. Um, you know, something like that would be great to see. Yeah, they're, I know that they're working on because I gave feedback on something to one of the Chrome OS UX and they're like, yeah, we're doing this. And I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, on that, speaking of updates, uh, I just remember this and Jesse probably smart because I added it to our list. Um, I don't know if you've talked about this. I'm going to shamelessly plug this website, even though it's not a Google website. I really like it. This is the flagthis.com website slash updates. It's fantastic. Um, I know that we talked in the past about using our APIs to see what browser version is getting rolled out and so forth. Uh, that looks nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, Jesse. You look like you're talking. I didn't hear anything. Sorry. Uh, no, I was, I was like in shock. This is awesome. This thing is like when I first saw this, it actually made the news on Gizmodo or something. And I saw this, I was like, holy, you know, expellatives. Um, <clears throat> this is fantastic. I actually gave yeah. the developer a lot of feedback. I gave the developer a lot of feedback. I'm going to uh, put this in the chat so you guys have it. Um, the developer is the developer is fantastic. Uh, they, I'm going to say they because I don't know if they're girl or boy or whatever they you know, identify as. Uh, they're fantastic at uh, adding updates. Uh, initially, they didn't have all the update tracker in here, some of them. So so now if if we're talking about, hey, Chrome is rolling out a new build, what's the build that's rolling out? Cool, build 79 is at 1% and 128 is going out for 99% and so forth. You can see all this information for each platform, right? So I really, I show this website for a lot of my customers, even though it's just this top part. But I know you guys do a lot of workspace recap where you talk about Chrome OS stuff as well. Yeah. And for your Chrome mm-hmm. OS piece, this is awesome. Uh, because you can actually, one of the things, you, I don't know if you know, if I'm choosing this platform, it shows me the, the build, and now I can download the build as well. You have the link oh, somewhere nice. to download. Oh, wow. oh there you okay. go. The recoveries, you can download the recoveries for each build on the bottom. So did this so did so Roy that's who it looks like the uh creator of this is it's a generic name for the creator um oh is it really not, yeah I asked Roy them Thomas. who they were and they didn't want to tell me their name uh oh really, really? <clears throat> okay. they want to stay anonymous which is great for them but yeah <clears throat> okay okay uh and you can what's also cool is on the bottom see the change log uh they filter by Chrome OS changes but you can actually see some changes that are done all right Disable experiment on Mac, or this build, right, or whatever it may be, right. So it's really cool that it shows you some of the changes that have been done if they're somewhat applicable for important, like this one. Yeah. 
So now you can very easily keep the see see the change who was who was done who it was done by and so forth. This is incredible. So, it's an amazing website. Um, so, if you haven't heard of it, a, I didn't even know there's like another version of Canary. There's Canary Asan. What is that? I don't even know what that is. It's it like looks a, like a Chrome. It's a, it looks like some Chrome OS thing for lacrosse. Uh, that's probably why. <clears throat> Uh, this is also useful too. I don't know if you guys have seen our A/B testing for updates. We talked about it. it's been a long time. Have we talked about that? <laughs> I don't know if we have. Any major rollout, if we go from 108 to 109 or 110 and so forth, you might see three builds of Windows Chrome. It might be like build 65, talk, 60, this sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. 65, 66, 67, or whatever. 65 and 66 are AB. I don't know if they're doing some sort of a logic to see how many are rolling back and so forth. And 67 is the final build, even though they're the same code base. Okay. All right. So this website will show you those three releases, which is why I'm mentioning it in here. And oh, wow. It's cool. Um, you'll see that in their Chrome release notes as well, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, new download UX is coming up on Chrome. It's... Uh, sometime soon uh, so we're overhauling a little bit of the UI browser um, if I, I know I mentioned last uh, episode if you haven't signed up for the Chrome Enterprise release notes please do uh, because you a lot of these things that we're talking about are covered in there so that, that way you don't get any surprises um, Network sandboxing for Windows is coming up sh shortly as well. So now the network process, the network layer for Chrome will have its own process. Uh, there is a policy that you can use to disable that or turn it on from an enterprise perspective. Um, and uh, I know that they're probably going to keep that policy for a while until they deem it unnecessary. Um, but yeah. Oh, speaking of policies and profiles and all that <laughs> stuff, I think, you know, in between the last time we were here and, and now there was that whole issue of, you know, Chrome profile syncing and how that was presented to users and whether or not they clicked sync or not and tick this box. Yeah. It seems like, you know, there's still little remnants of that popping up here and there. Um, but it, overall, from my perspective, though, it seems like it seems to have fixed it, not, it seems to have improved. Uh, and yes. better. So um, yeah. what was the kind of story behind that? I mean, obviously it, it rolled out with some things that were, weren't ideal from a user perspective. A lot of users, you know, didn't select the right things. So yeah, what's the story on that one? Yeah, so from my understanding was that we got, there was some policy that was Chrome OS specific only and it was in the, in the, in the console and we weren't aware that it's Chrome OS specific and it actually ended up impacting us. And when that was enabled, it was triggering all sorts of profile rebuild and so forth. So that's kind of when that happened. Um, I know that they're still trying to figure out that whole workflow and clean it up. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have the final uh, details on what what the process will be for that, but they're they're definitely working on streamlining the the sign up, the signing process. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but I think but, it's gotten better. I mean, I've seen. Um, yeah. You know, I think you, you have know, a lot of controls now. It's still, it's, you can still merge those profiles now, which is good. 
Cause that was the one thing that I didn't want mm -hmm. to lose was the ability to, you know, bring that information into the corporate profile, which yeah. I think was, you know, what was, um, we didn't want to see that go away. There's, uh, course, there's definitely the policies. We understood yeah. that, you know, like, Hey, they want to separate that. That's fine. But you know, we need to, a way to also merge it. Yeah. There's definitely the, the policy that we have in the console uh, related to sign and interception. And this is one of them. And so, uh, uh, then it would, it, there's one policy that encourages you to set up a new profile, right? Mm -hmm. There's also yep. the separate profile that forces you to separate profiles if you're signing into a different account. Uh, so those are some of the things that are related as part of that change as well right. that came out with this policy. Yeah, that forcing a separate profile <clears throat> when you're signing a new account, That's I think that's one that most orgs should implement, really. Yeah. Um, next thing on our list is Chrome Cert Root Store. We're kind of bringing that into our. We're going to have our own Cert, uh, you know, Root Store in Chrome. Uh, there is a policy that allows you to not use that Cert Root Store for now. I'm going to give you uh, Jesse the link to it if you care. Thank you. Um, but I will mention that yeah, Cert Root Store enabled. I'm going to give you the link. I think this is set up to deprecate in Chrome 113. So it's a temporary um, policy. So ultimately, you should start getting uh, compliant with that uh, versus um, uh, just using the policy to bypass that, bypass things. Uh, so we have our own built-in certificate verifier to verify the server certs. It's more about elevating the security and, tr and building that trust versus, you know, so that's kind of what we're doing, a lot of those things. Uh, we have just a few things left, so let's kind of roll the dice. Um, yeah. DLP AV integration. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time. We're getting very close to this one. I think it's, it's actually mentioned in the Chrome 109 release notes. You might see it. Um, I know 109 is not, not out yet, but... I guess since I got to look at those, um, but um, we are offering, we're building APIs for uh, AV and DLP type uh, solutions. You can probably, I'm not going to yeah. throw names, throw shade, but no, you know who but, they are. Uh, I mean, this, normally, does, does this kind of relate to the Chrome OS data controls that we saw coming no, out? No, this, no, this is, is different. This is completely separate? Okay. This is completely different. So okay, what this it. does is it, it um, instead of those tools <laughs> injecting code into Chrome real time to check for like malicious whatever they're doing, we're giving them APIs that gives them direct access into the browser. So then they didn't break the browser every time or break their product every time the browser updates. Because we know a couple of them that they literally have to go update their software every single time Chrome updates to make sure that they're malicious, they're compliant to what to things like that. So that doesn't, uh, so we're trying to prevent things like that. And that, a lot of times what we've seen is those in code injection things would break the browser, would crash the browser or things like that and just lead to an improper user experience, right? or yeah. an optimal uh, user experience. Right. Um, all right, let's let's look at, I don't know, uh, Manifest V3. <laughs> I 
I know that that one's a thorn in some folks' side. Um, you've probably seen the news that Manifest V3 has been delayed a little bit. Um, we're still planning on implementing it, but it, there's a little bit more breathing room for for uh, for extension builders and so forth. Yeah. As an enterprise customer, I still recommend our customers to push and push and push the extensions that they have, right, to be compliant with Manifest V3. Um, so that's the that's kind of what I wanted to cover in here. Just yeah, because yeah. we delayed, that's been, that's been a couple of years. I mean, that 2020 was when this was initially published. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, just because it's it's delayed, don't sleep on it. Um, speaking of that, is reminder that we are deprecating Chrome support for Windows 7, 8, and 8.1 early next year, and that also yeah. includes Windows 2012. So, I think yeah, I think we talked about. Uh, everything about the 2012, didn't we, Jesse, on some of the updates? Yep. Previously. Yeah. Yeah. 2012 is technically built on 8.1 codebase, right? So, yeah. I know that I don't <laughs> remember exactly what the timeline is on those, but it's early next year. Um, yeah, it is. God, it's yeah, so it's weird. Just around the corner. Next, yeah, just around the corner. <laughs> but custom, we, I think we've, we've talked about away. this, and customers haven't been paying attention to this. And now we're hearing from customers like, oh, crap, we got like 5,000 devices. Well, <laughs> whoops. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've been talking <clears> about <throat> it for two years now. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, I think also customers really forget the fact that server is built on a lot of the time, most of the time, right? Server is built on the consumer code base and they don't associate sure. those together, right? I mean, server it. 2012 is Windows 8. Windows server <laughs> 2010 was Windows 7, right? Or whatever the... Yeah. The, yeah, <clears throat> which you can kind of flip that and say they're all based on what NT, NT six <laughs> or NT five or whatever. <laughs> <NT3>, three point one. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I believe Group the uh, drop dead date is February seventh, twenty twenty three. Wow, one ten. Yeah, it's, I, so I believe around the corner, yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah. I, I myself I, uh, will admit I still have a bunch of Windows 7 devices uh, in the field that have been oh, wow. slowly being plucked out of production and replaced with Chromeboxes. There you go. Smart. Um, next thing yeah. is let's kind of talk about group based assignment. Uh, this one's really cool. Uh, you probably have seen that you can do group based assignment of extensions by user groups. And early next year, I think, is the. the plan right now to start rolling in TT is our, T I say TT is our trusted tester or beta program. So for folks that don't know, if I say TT, that's beta, uh, for group-based policy assignment, which is going to be awesome. I know a lot of people were requesting for this, which for customers thinking of Chrome management or even Chrome OS management, if you thought that was complex, there are groups in there and now you got a party, <laughs> right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... I mean, yeah, it's it, you love it and hate it all at the same time. I've really avoided using group-based policy approach for that reason, because because the OU structure has been around for so long, because the OU, OU approach has been around for so so long. That's kind of how you've built things, and yeah, adding in group-based policies to the mix of that, it's like I, I think what. It becomes difficult in the way that the admin console now is currently designed is understanding when you have you know that overlap between a user and an OU and a policy and a group and if they're yeah. a member of that group it's hard I mean I don't know how you easily you know visualize that to someone yeah but 
it's difficult to, to kind of present that. The best part is that groups always overtake everything else, right? But yeah. you got to also yeah. remember... Right. You have the hierarchy to understand, right? You got the hierarchy. And, and I mean, I'll be honest, if we look at our console, you can... I'm, I'm going to put the, the user hat on in here, so don't take my words. I mean, I work for Google, but these are my personal views. Uh, right? Um, it can be easily confusing, right? Where's the groups at? Yeah. Right? Uh, people usually forget about the groups things, and if there's a group already configured, they'll forget to look into it, right? Yeah. And so this is where this, as you said, can become challenging to remember to look into groups as well if you're troubleshooting certain things, right? Right. But now you can also have to think like, oh, I'm only deploying this extension for one um, one person or two people. I don't necessarily need to build or use now because that really complicated things in the past, right? right? It did, yeah. You have those mutually yeah, exclusive have, have, Venn diagrams the, that... Right, yeah, you'd have the OU, the sub-OU of an OU that they might have been in or yeah, or you couldn't move them because they had to be in the other OU because of certain other you know, preconditions or policies. Ex exactly. To, yeah. Or let's yeah. say you have... Five people that have extension A, ten people that have extension B, and now two people need both extensions. Now you screwed. Now you got to right. do two OU, two one extra OU, yeah. right? Right. So that simplifies things. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm really curious how I'm. I'm actually writing some of the documentation for for, for the group mm -hmm. the group based policy stuff. Uh, but I'm really curious to see and and how this is going to behave from the policy perspective. But lots and lots yeah. of cool things coming down the pipeline on that. <clears throat> We have a couple, only three more things. We actually blew through this really fast. Um, but I'm not good. Gonna, I'm getting hungry, so I gotta I'm not going to jinx food. it because yeah. Jesse might might, <laughs> might blow this out of. Uh, no, no, so no. let's let's talk about three other things. We only have three things, right? Uh, updater. So our for the Mac OS population, also key, known as Keystone, right? Um, so you'll probably see in the release notes for Chrome 109 when that comes out. Um, in the next few weeks, there's no official timeline. Uh, you will see that. I actually you don't see because it it's actually behind the wheel behind the the scenes, right? Um, Google update is getting, and I, I might have mentioned that on a previous episode. The Google update is getting completely overhauled with a completely new Chromium-based technology versus the previous version. Uh, so that's version I think for that four four of how we call it the internally version four of, of that product. Um, but now it also brings in the code base together for all platforms. So now you have Mac OS does not use Keystone anymore. It will use Google Updater uh, or whatever the official title will be for it or Google Update or Updater, whatever. Uh, but that's going to slowly roll out. I believe Mac OS is going out first and then slowly roll out to the rest of the platforms. Uh, but for you folks, listeners and watchers that are using Keystone, for now, I'm, uh, I understand that there's business as usual. There's going to be some internal redirects from Keystone services to that process, to that Google update. But long-term, uh, we're going to be making some changes. I am actively working with our friends at Jamf. <coughs> Shameless plug. Um, and <laughs> our uh, uh, and some of our other friends at other uh, some other vendors right, uh, to make sure that they're not impacted by this. I know Jamf, first, for example, has a Keystone payload in their console for managing updates. So we're going to make sure that we now have a policy for that as well and so forth. But it's coming down the pipeline and it's going to be much, much better. It's going to enable us to do some really cool things from an update perspective. It's going to be more uh, reliable too. So there's that. And we only have two more things that are kind of intertwined. 
<clears throat> I mentioned probably this extension in the past, right, for you guys, the Windows Accounts extension. I think I, I did it on one of the episodes. Um, and so what we're mm-hmm. doing now is we're bringing a policy into Chrome that allows Chrome to work similarly as that extension. Um, you okay there, Steve? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, look right, like you, right. you look like you're struggling a little bit. No, uh, no, no. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I had a um, fever early this week and like I got over it in like in a day. And then now it's kind of evolved into a little bit of a, a cough and that's oh it. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. RSV or you got you I, hang out with Corona or no, you know, I, those? I don't know. I don't, are there different <laughs> tests for all this stuff? I just have this COVID test. That's all I have. I took that and came back negative. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't caught it yet. As far as testing for it goes, yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I had it once. That's, it was, I, but it was totally worth it. We went to the Splunk conference this year. You caught hey, it at the know, conference. Yep. We so, got it in Vegas. Yeah. What, what happens right. in Vegas does not stay did, in Vegas. Did not stay in Vegas this time around. <laughs> um, yeah. It came, it came out of that. But it was worth it. We got to see DJ Snoop Dogg, not Snoop Dogg. It was Ooh, DJ Snoop Dogg for different. that. Okay. No, it's it like was Snoop cousin, Dogg. A relative? No. It was oh, Snoop, just Dogg. Snoop Dogg. But as a DJ, like a different yes. personality. Yes. Oh, actually, oh, wow. He was the actual dude. Oh, Snoop Dogg's, you know, spinning the discs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, playing various uh-huh. songs. Singing a couple words cool. here and there over some songs, some of his songs, but it was—he actually did a fantastic job. So wow. it was worth I mean, it. I, I got to see Snoop Dogg. Expect nothing less from him, honestly. It was also really hilarious because Snoop Dogg comes to the, the the scene, you know, to the the stage, and all of a sudden, cloud of smoke just comes from the front <laughs> of the stage. You know what was happening in there? Uh, we were far behind, uh, but yes, it was it was kind of kind of fun. But that's how we got Rona. Um, Snoop so, Dogg is a local boy. Long Beach yeah. made out here. Yeah. Made in Long Beach. <laughs> so. <laughs> Never see him around town, but, you know. Of course. Uh, he's probably. You got to get, you gotta get out of your garage more often, Jesse. Come on. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's, why, that's, why that's why I, why I don't, don't see him see around. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. Um, so, besides, so back to back to our. You know, not squirreling too far. Um, I guess I could squirrel all day. We could. Um, oh we, I know. Yeah, we three could, of us. Jeez. The three of us are horrible. <laughs> um, but we need we need an unscripted episode. I think oh, we geez. totally need an unscripted. Oh, but we need a whole day for that. Then we just need to dedicate yep. a day. You know. Yeah. Uh, oh God, I can only imagine. So uh, we're coming up with with a policy in Chrome uh, that will allow you when it's enabled to pick up the Azure token as part of the authentication flow. So think about when you go to office.com and you want to sign in with your corporate account or anything that actually now integrates with your Azure AD because Office use, uses Azure AD, right? For authentication internally, right? In the back end, right? Microsoft's authentication, right? So when you use Microsoft authentication technologies with the policy, instead of being challenged like, hey, what's your email address? What's your password? Oh, now I don't know you. Let me put your MFA challenge, right? All of that stuff is gone. Or also the context, the worst stuff that you have, you can put in place an yeah. edge. Pretty much the functionality should be now the same because you're able to get that same identity token from the OS directly on Windows. Uh, so that's awesome in my opinion. <clears throat> um, which brings the conversation to a couple of other things. Let's say you're a Microsoft shop, but you also have Google Identity. If you have Google Identity and you sign into Chrome, right? And if you integrate those two together, uh, so now let's say you start Chrome out of the box, 
and it says welcome to Chrome, enter your email address uh, so you can enable Google Sync, right? Joe Schmo at company.com, press enter. Google knows that this is SSO enabled to Microsoft, redirects to Microsoft. Microsoft says, hey, let me let me get your authentication token. Do you have it? Chrome says, yes, I got it from, from the OS side. Boom, redirect automatically back to Chrome, to Google, right? Welcome to, to, to Chrome. Thank you for signing in. Do you want to enable sync? Press yes, and you're done. So that experience now becomes really magical from that perspective, right? To use some Apple words. Uh, <clears throat> um, but it, it really stream, streamlines that and that uh, experience for users. How long does that process take when they're logging in? Uh, seconds. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I might have a recording that I did it's it was a meeting so i don't necessarily want to show my other cohort on the call but <laughs> it, it's literally once you enable the policy go to microsoft it's click 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 you'll see their url redirect in like a split second and boom you're in office mm -hmm. with your account Amazing. so it's it's really nice uh <clears throat> so there's that azure fso and that also brings up the conversation around you know when you talk about chrome browser management um, and a lot of the th things we've heard from customers were like, why should I use Chrome? Because I have Edge Sync, right? Because I pay the uh, Exchange accounts and so forth, right? Um, as part of the thing of using Chrome Browser Cloud Management, well, you can also use Google Cloud Identity. And we've gotten approval uh, that uh, you can now use Cloud Identity free. There's that Cloud Identity free, you know, skill. Um, you can go to the admin console and request uh, add the SKU under subscriptions that gives you 50 licenses for free out of the box, right? There is a public form available on our on the Google's support page, and I can link it for you, uh, Jesse, if you want, if you give me a second Thank to you. get it, um, which allows you to petition to um, uh, request more uh, cloud identity licenses. Yeah, there's some there's some sort of special calculation into what you get because rarely has it ever been fifty for me. I've always seen some random number show up there I anywhere like from thirty or fifty. Oh no! Oh no! There's never been anything consistent from a number. It's always been uh, you. You have now five hundred and forty-seven. Oh, so I'll tell you why you have, have that. Like five thousand four hundred and twenty-two. I'll tell you why you see that. Yeah. So a lot of that is also tied to like uh, if you have Chrome OS upgrade licenses, that gives you cloud identity free and some of some of those. So okay. some other licenses grant you access to that too. Yeah, but it's um, never it never <clears> ends in a zero or a five or anything like that. It's always random. It's just weirdly random. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. The, the the idea behind this though is um, if you like Chrome Browser Cloud Management, I know that it's. It, I'm, I mean, we pitch this all the time. My job doesn't pay, change if user or don't, right? My pay. Uh, I believe I have a lot of device management background before Google. Uh, I believe this is an amazing tool. This is why I'm doing this job. Otherwise, I would probably be doing something else. Um, uh, so, uh, and even I was a customer in the past of a different company that do, was doing device management. So I, I've, I've seen all aspects of that, right? Uh, so if you like Chrome Browser Cloud Management and you have that, you want to do more with it, so you want to enable Google Sync for your employees, add Cloud Identity Free, use the link to uh, bump up your limit to however many employees you have in your company, 
Yeah. You can now do Azure SSL provisioning if you want to, Azure provisioning, right, or Okta provisioning or whatever. Integrate that with your SSL of choice. And now you can have still Google Sync. Uh, you can limit the policy, of course, to your domain. So now you can get people off of the Gmail address for syncing where if they ever leave the company, they can take tech debt with them, right, such as bookmarks, passwords, history. That account gets hacked, and now you as a company are put at risk because your that attacker has more information about you, right? So you can really elevate your security by getting caught in and be uh, free. Yeah, Google Sync, you get a much better experience for users. And it, for VDI too, um, you don't have to back up that profile anymore, right? Just let them yeah. sign in really quick if you do SSL. Yeah, I have. I'm just, I was pulling up some of the numbers. I'm not putting <clears> any free numbers. And it's, it's just, it is really weird. I have one environment, it's 57. The other one is 72. And the other one is 10,660. 10, and these are all domains with like anywhere from, you know, one user to 20 users. They're not big domains. So I don't know uh, how they come up with that number. I yeah. Really out of pure curiosity, now that you got me, uh, send me that, um, that one of those domains that has that weird number, that one of the first ones, just put it in the chat. I'll, I just want to see what it is. Out of curiosity, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you. I'll I'll, I'll ping you all three of them. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm more curious to see what the heck's going on. But uh, <laughs> to our topic, um, I strongly encourage you as a as a customer if you're using Cloud, cloud Chrome Browser Cloud Management, get the Cloud Identity set up. Uh, you can sync with Google Cloud Directory Sync if you want to. Or you can integrate with whatever identity you have, such as Azure, Okta, or whatever, where those tools can do the the provisioning um, uh, of those accounts in Google. And now you have a it's, it's a much better experience and a much better value for you, right? Um, if you ever want to do Chromebooks, your users are in place as well, right? So it, it really it really simplifies your experience or streamlines your experience long term for a lot of other stuff. So that's all I had to cover. Um, we did this in like an hour and change. We did. Versus three oh, hours. We didn't hit. Uh, we we didn't start recording the second I hit record, so it was only just uh, just under an hour at the moment. Uh, there were a couple of other things there that I wanted to bring up and ask about. One of them is something that recently just came out, is the fact that Google is adding another layer of testing for Chrome updates. There will be, as of February 2023, what they're calling a early stable preview in the update release cycle. You know yes, yes. Uh, it was actually in our release notes for 109. We were going through it yesterday with the Google update team. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what's going to happen is... It looks like they're going to do like a very, 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 very small percentage uh, of, uh, of stable rollout, and it's going to go before the communicated. So let's say, all right, let's pull up Chrome release, release schedule. <clears throat> if I go to that, the Chromium dash schedule, let's say Chrome 110 is supposed to do stable release on February 7th, right? So on February 1st, which is a day after our stable cut, uh, we will roll out a very small percentage to random randos around the world, right? Uh, to um, to start gauging for impact if it's breaking anything, right? Uh, I don't think there's going to be a control where you can sign uh, as like 
be away from you know out of that so you can sign out of not sign out uh remove opt yourself out. from that type opt out that's the word yeah yeah, ESL. Uh, so I don't know if there's gonna be a um, a control in place where you we can opt out of that uh, early stable yet or not. That brings a good conversation for me to talk with our team. But um, <laughs> but at least uh, yeah, they're, they're they're starting to do that uh, for sure with one. It's gonna be with one ten. And you can actually see this Chromium page that's public. It actually starts showing you the dates and once it's when it's coming out. I will throw that into the show notes. Yeah. Chromium-appspot.com forward slash schedule. schedule. Yep. Uh, I use this a lot because I always forget what when Chrome's coming out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, we, it goes way too fast. And so this is very good. Uh, we've been very on, like, to the T on the schedule. Yeah. Well, even faster now that they switched <clears throat> to a four-week cycle. For now, yes. For now, is that going to change? Uh, not that I know of yet, but I mean, there's always rumors <laughs> that we're looking at going even faster. But for now, wow. it's four weeks. Um, What's the reason for going faster? Just curious. Uh, much faster way for us to apply patches or fixes and so forth and features. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have to wait four weeks for a feature to come out. We can just decouple feet. I don't know. I don't. I'm not part of the the decision making process for that. But uh, four weeks has been really good for us versus six weeks. Mm -hmm. We've been more. And as you know, uh, this year has been a fantastic year when it comes to when it comes to zero days. Yeah, we've had a lot of those. Um, I think I talked last episode, but for the listeners, if you think about it, uh, an attacker now gets double bank for the buck um, when they when they tr attack Chromium. They now get not just Chrome, but they get Edge, which is a an extensive population due to the fact that it's forced upon you as a user, whether you like it or not, on your OS. And mm -hmm. by default, it starts it starts on the OS as well, right? Uh, unless you manually turn it off to speed up the startup of the application. Um, <laughs> I digress, but um, the the point is. Um, now that they get double bank for the buck, we've been more aggressively. People, hackers have been more aggressively working on trying to find various holes into into Chromium. We are very transparent over the fact that hey, there's a zero day because we want customers to update to be uh, patched, protected from that. And that's why you will see us communicate about zero days and say, hey, um, please go and get that um, update so you're at the highest level of security, regardless of what you see in the news from Forbes. Uh, Forbes is Forbes. one of the ones that usually recycles the title every two weeks. Um, there's a few titles that are recycled for Google. There's a few titles recycled for Apple. It shows up in my newsfeed every so often, and I, you know, roll my eyes. But yes, yep. Um, I actually banned Forbes from <clears throat> my newsfeed for that reason because it's sensationalist bullshit. Millions of you know. Chrome browser is uh, exposed. Everybody, oh, you know. Google just gave you another reason to get off of Chrome. Ten, um, ten reasons to stop using Google Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, yes. Um, uh, I, I shouldn't use that as an so example. But it is, I don't know. Yeah. And it's usually a couple of writers I noticed. There's always this couple of writers that reuse this stuff. Yeah. Other parts of the site are still <clears> great. I don't know. we got to stop I mean, doing that kind of sensationalist garbage coverage. If you think about it from a job perspective, that's job security with like minimal work. 
take yeah. last week's article, <laughs> change a couple of words, change the version, paste, and you're just getting paid amazing money for. <laughs> yep, that's that's not even the chat GTP lazy. That's just <laughs> copy paste lazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's why you you you've seen a lot of zero days from us at Google is because of that. Uh, so we're more transparent than others on that. Uh, we're also much faster at releasing zero day patches than mm-hmm. others on that. Uh, others will have to take our code and refork it and test it and so forth. Um, you know who you are. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so on that note, when features are released into Chrome, are all features released into Chromium into the open source code, or is there? No, no. there's. It's so always going to be. Go ahead. Certain features are make sense to, for it to be out there, and certain features make sense for it to be Google Secret Sauce, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Interesting, yeah. Because when, uh, well, speaking as you mentioned, of secret sauce, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we got, talked Steve? about this on the car ride yesterday with Octa. Ah, uh, yes. Oi, yeah. Octa's code base. Lots leaked. of secret sauce got leaked. Yep. How many uh, new Octa-style startups are we going to see in the next six months? <laughs> I don't know. I actually didn't even see it pop up on my news. I didn't either. I have not seen it yet. It was uh, that it was a sleeping computer. It was the first I heard from Jesse. Jesse yeah. is the source of news. TechCrunch just I'm plugged in. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. They breached their GitHub repositories. Suspicious access. Ouch. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Customer oh, data not impacted. I love how they say that. It's like, okay, well, you know, that's great, but uh, <laughs> your entire stick is now out there. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I I wouldn't even care about customer data at this point. That's source code. That's worse. That's got to burn badly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's kind of all I had. I mean, I, I know it's a lot of content that we kept covering. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two things. Just, just a couple things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not bad for an hour show. <laughs> Um, Next time, I think we'll have to go more into having prepared screenshots for those of us who learn better visually. <laughs> of course, we'll definitely have prepared screenshots, or I will do or live demo- demonstrations. Yes, there we go. Um, for anyone that that uh, if they, if you have any, if you ever want to reach out to me, uh, I am in the Mac Admin Slack channel. You'll find me there, or you can email me at. The easiest way to remember, I always tell my customers, is, hey, remember you talked to that Chrome guy? Cool. So email chromeguy.google.com. It goes to me. Or, <laughs> Love it. Um, so that's the easiest way to, because people will probably forget my name or whatever. But, hey, that Chrome guy was on the on the Google Workspace recap. So That's right. Yeah. That's the Chrome guy. All right. Well, if anybody has any further questions, drop them in the comments below if you're over on the YouTube side or uh, hit us up on Twitter or, as Alex said, feel free to email directly Chrome Guy at Google. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear, what you liked about this show, what you want to hear next time, what we should focus on. Uh, we're going to try and do these quarterly in the next year, so uh, hopefully the schedule abides and uh, we're able to get all that out. So, um, uh, yeah, questions and comments, give us a thumbs up if you liked it, subscribe, etc. Have a great week, a great year. We're done. That's it. The year's basically out.
Yeah, and Yikes. if there's something you didn't like that I covered, please let me know. I always take yeah, feedback. Yeah. Hey, Alex, you suck. Great. All, it's all good. <laughs> we'll improve on that. Um, it's the internet. We never have to tell them to be uh, negative. <laughs> <laughs> Lots never of keyboard warriors. <laughs> oh, yeah. So many keyboard warriors. All right. So yeah. uh, have a great, uh, great rest of your year, everyone. And we'll see you next time for our next yeah. Google Chrome browser update. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whichever applies to you. And for Eastern Orthodox guys, uh, Merry Christmas after the New Year, because they celebrate in January. So happy holidays yeah. to you guys. Happy all of the holidays. Yeah. Or for the Grinches, happy no holidays, right? Happy no holidays. <laughs> happy it's really freaking cold all of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah. It's Polar pretty, vortex pretty coming through. We had negative, no, it was 15 degrees wind chill, which is unheard of in Seattle, so. Oh, my God. It's uh, 68 Ooh. degrees here in sunny Southern California. Yeah. Hey, Google, how cold is it in Chicago? <laughs> Too cold. Currently, mine is 11 degrees. Holy moly. Is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? Celsius. Celsius. Okay, Celsius. We should, we should specify for our listeners. Cause that... Yeah. Yeah, it's minus 11 C. That puts you at about 15 Fahrenheit. 15 is pretty yeah. cold, yeah. Google well, always uh, gets upset. Like when one answers in the room and the other doesn't, they get upset at each other. They're like something went wrong. I didn't oh, answer that question for you. 12 Fahrenheit. <laughs> I was very, very close. 12 Fahrenheit, which is the same as Seattle. Nicely done. Well, Chicago yeah. looks like you're going to get freezing temperatures. Zero, almost zero degrees coming soon. So, so Alrighty. Brutal well. next 12 hours. All right, stay warm, Steve.